Rob, how are you doing? You've had a haircut. I have, yes. Especially for this. Yeah, well, people can actually see you this time. So if you listen listen to this on the podcast, then you can't see him, obviously. But um, if you're watching this on the channel, this is Rob. This is what Rob looks like. Although he's not looked like this for the last few months because he's had much longer hair. Yeah, I look like a cross between Gokwan and Peter Stringfellow <laughs> for a long time. Uh, We've got a really, really special guest. I don't want to kind of do down, uh, do down. Don't want to discredit our our, our kind of previous guests because they've all been fantastic. But um, sorry, Justin. Sorry, everyone else. Um, but we do have a very, very special guest on. We've got Vadim on from Max Tech. Vadim, how you hey doing? Hey guys, it's yeah. awesome to join you guys. So it's going to be fun. We'll get straight onto this because I, I know it's been quite a, it's been an interesting couple of weeks, hasn't it? For I think everyone in the, the Apple space, um, we operate in very, at very different ends of it. Uh, Vadim, as you probably know, you guys are just sailing away. You, you need your million subscribers, which is amazing. Uh, I'm. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of work, a lot of time. So. Well, it's amazing. I love the channel. It's great. I, I should say that I, I'm, a, I'm a fan. Although we do very, we make very different content. Um, I do refer to you guys sometimes just because you, I think you're the guys to go to for benchmarks. Um, but yeah, it has been. A, it's been an interesting couple of weeks, hasn't it? Um, I think. I suppose for anyone who's been living under a rock, I think anyone who's listening to this podcast probably knows what we're talking about. But do you want to perhaps just give us a, a, a kind of quick um, synopsis, if you like, of your findings with the with the M2 chip? Yeah, so um, I guess I could start it from the very beginning. Um, we had WWDC. Apple revealed their M2 Max with their you know M2 MacBook Air, M2 MacBook Pro, which they're reusing the same chassis, which is a little bit disappointing. But you know they're going to do what they're going to do uh, with that product. And um, initially, according to their numbers, it didn't really seem like it would be that impressive. But when the leaked benchmarks started coming out, you know I started getting more excited seeing like the huge graphics uh, performance gains, uh, 45% in some tests and stuff. And then uh, we got them in and we started testing them. And the first thing we did was we tested the SSD speed and it was really shocking because we saw, you know, the SSD in some cases was two times slower in Blackmagic uh, disk tests, you know, especially for the read speed, which actually was uh, two times slower. So uh, we started talking about it and we mentioned in that first video that this could lead to slower performance for the virtual memory swap because um, in the past, Apple has made a big deal of their really fast SSDs, especially for the 14-inch, 16-inch M1 Pro, M1 Max machines. They have insanely fast SSDs and Apple really made a big point of their you know, virtual memory swap and we tested it ourselves. It made huge difference, you know, even if you fill up the RAM, like, it, you know, it doesn't drop performance compared to Windows laptops that we tested where you fill up the RAM and they get a lot slower, where these machines would barely slow down. And even on the M1 Max, like the M1 Mac, MacBook Air, the MacBook Pro, we would fill up the RAM, like we tested 25 Chrome tabs, we opened four apps in the background, and we barely lost performance, which was very surprising, like not that much. So we ended up testing this. Um, we actually ended up making a video that we weren't planning on making because we ended up testing the virtual memory swap. And right away, we noticed drastic performance losses for uh, the memory swap, where we opened up 10 Chrome tabs. And then we started noticing that, wait a minute, the M2 is slower than the M1. Like, how is that possible? Um, you know, that that shouldn't be possible because, you know, you have a brand new machine. It's upgraded. Apple, you know, put out all their marketing. It sounds great. 
But then if you're just doing some basic multitasking, 10 Chrome tabs open, and you know, you're going to do a video editing export or like a photo editing export or whatever. And then, you know, you get slower speed, which kind of shouldn't happen. And that's all because of the slower SSDs and the slower virtual memory swap performance. And, um, you know, that's pretty common work. And especially since Apple kind of pivoted the M2 MacBook Pro as the choice for the creators that are going to be, you know, doing the production work because, you know, the M2 MacBook Air is more for the basic consumers, you know, that don't really need extended performance for all those tasks. Like, you know, you go on Apple's website and they show the comparisons of performance between the M2 and the M1, showing off the video editing, all the photo editing comparisons. So like Apple really wants, you know, this machine to be meant for those creators. So um, for me personally, I was like, man, that is disappointing. Like, you know, how could Apple put in a single NAND chip on the M2 when the previous M1 had two of them, which led to, you know, enough performance for the virtual memory swap to not slow anything down. But, you know, they made this new M2 chip. It's faster in a lot of ways, you know, 18% multi-core, 35% GPU. But then, you know, they took away one of those NAND chips and it basically is ruining the performance, even with only 10 Chrome tabs open, you know, and then we did a little bit further testing where we opened up an extra app. Like, let's say if you're running Final Cut, let's open up Lightroom in the background. And that led to some really big uh, performance losses in some in some cases. And then we ended up um, talking about it and people requested us in our YouTube comments to test out the 512 gig model with eight gigs of RAM. So we went out, we got one of those and that way we were getting rid of the RAM difference. So same RAM, just the SSD. And like in the past for many years, you, know, you buy a MacBook and we've never seen like basically like any performance gains from an SSD difference, you know, very minor differences. But this time, just with the 512 gig SSD, no apps in the background, um, we were getting tests that are 15% faster. And that's a pretty big difference. That's almost like the whole 18% of the M2. So just with an SSD upgrade, 15% faster. And that kind of shows that the M2 chip is being limited uh, drastically by that base 256 gig uh, single NAND chip. And then when we added more tests, it got even worse. Um, so um, that's when I started talking about it more and trying to spread the word because like I'd, I'd feel bad if somebody goes out, they look at the M2 MacBook Pro, they buy the base model and then they're testing it. And it's like, wait a minute, like this doesn't seem any faster. And in, in cases it could be slower with just common multitasking web browsing open. So that would be pretty disappointing for someone to think they're getting an upgrade but with that base model, like it's it's worse, you know, in, in some common cases. I think um, that yeah. base model is such a strange product though, isn't it? It's such a weird laptop. Um, I've written quite a bit about this. I've spoke a bit about it on my channel. And um, my, my feeling with that laptop is that it's probably mainly bought, I think, by by big, big bulk buyers. I know Rob's got a different opinion on this, which I'll, I'll hand over to him in a second. But I get the opinion that it's 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 corporate, you know, it's people that buy a thousand machines in one go. Um, that's where it, where they tend to end up. Um, but I, I agree. It's, it's an odd, it's a very odd decision for, for Apple to have made. And I just wonder, my, my point with this, as you know, we, we've, we've kind of, we've had differing thoughts on this over Twitter conversations. And my, my, my thought about this is those users 
probably aren't going to notice that. I know, like you say, Chrome tabs, that doesn't sound like many Chrome tabs, like you say, that you, you were testing it with. Mm-hmm. Fairly concerning. Um, but I just don't, I still don't think the users of that machine are going are gonna to spot that. Um, just very quickly, though, how do you think this... What do you think this means for the, for the M2 MacBook Air? Because the impression I get from my videos and the people that have swarmed into my comments is that they're kind of... The, the, I think the, the M2 MacBook Pro has been lost a little bit in this whole narrative. I think a lot of people that I've seen on my channel anyway, I don't know if it's the same on yours, but they're coming to me now saying, I've either cancelled my MacBook, my M2 MacBook Air order or I, I don't think I should buy that computer anymore. What do I do? Because it, it sounds like it's going to be slower. What, what are your thoughts on how these tests relate to... I know you haven't tested it yet, or I assume you haven't. Um, how, how do they relate to the MacBook Air? Uh, yeah, well, my thought is that if... Um, since the M2 MacBook Pro, the base price is more expensive, it's 1300 instead of 1200 it kind of makes sense that if Apple made this decision for the M2 MacBook Pro with a single NAND chip for the base model, it makes sense that they would bring that to the MacBook Air as well. If they don't, if they go to the MacBook Air and pack it with two of the NAND chips, then it'd be like, man, why would they do that on a you know a cheaper base model MacBook Air and not do it for the actual Pro machine that's more for Pro performance? You know, it'd be kind of weird. But I think that um, if people start testing it, it has the same issues. And people start comparing the M1 MacBook Air to the M2 with some multitasking workloads. It's slower. That would also be pretty disappointing. Um, I don't know how many people would notice it, but um, the way I kind of think it, it's kind of like, you know, why would Apple do this? You know, it's kind of like, you know, you might not know that it's slower, but you were served a product that you thought was supposed to be an upgrade in every way, but it's not. It's actually a downgrade in the SSD, which could also lead to a downgrade in performance that kind of takes away the whole point of the M2 chip. So it's kind of like, you know, you were suckered into it, kind of, um, you didn't know about the issue, but it's still there. So it's kind of like, you know, if you don't know about it, does it matter, you know, that you got, you know, a slower machine and multitasking? That's kind of, you know, the whole thought, you know, some people might not notice, but in reality with multitasking, it can be slower. And it's not only just like productivity work because uh, we tested the RAM, um, even with the 512 gig model, we noticed some differences where things were loading faster on um, the model with more RAM or with more SSD, even like web browsing tasks, uh, actual tabs where you're switching through the tabs. And we noticed that the base model was taking longer to load and that right there is an impact to even basic people just doing web browsing. Even that was slowing down, not just the people who are doing, you know, video exporting and photo exporting, but actual like web browsing as well. Was well that, that, that was the, the, the test that you're referencing there is the one that resonated with me the most because I'm not, I'm not a, a, you know, a content creator professional. I, I'm just a tech enthusiast that happens to be on a podcast with this guy. Um, so I've got, I've got an, a base M1 Mac Mini and a base M1 MacBook Air. Before that, I had a 16-inch Intel MacBook Pro, the yeah. $2,700 one with the you know, dedicated graphics and 16 gigs of RAM, terabyte storage and so forth. And these M1 machines just wipe the floor with that. So I've got two small kids, so I take approximately 10,000 photos a week. 
<laughs> oh, not quite that many, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, and so the test that resonated with me was when you just you just exported 50 photos from Lightroom. And while you're doing that, because the reason it resonated was because that, you know, if I'm doing a task like that, which yeah. I know is going to take a little while, yeah. but yeah, I'd go and I'd browse the internet, I'd watch a video, I'd just, you know, sort of do something to pass the time. And you've produced... What, over two and a half hours of content of, of benchmarks testing everything under the sun in response to people you know asking you know uh, have you t- have you tested this well you know okay fine so you know if you export 8k canon raw footage obviously is is going to get unhappy about that but what about this but and then you you systematically demonstrated actually in in things that people actually do <laughs> that it has a material effect that you will notice but no one's picked up on that. And that, it's just kind of curious to me that pick, people have picked up on this headline about, oh, Max Tech tried to export 8K Canon RAW footage on an M2 MacBook Pro and wondered why it got unhappy. And it's it's like, well, well, no, that's not all they did. There, there are there's two and a half hours of content on this where you have demonstrated in multiple scenarios how even, you know, a basic user is going to feel it if they're yep. doing particular things. So yep. I I'm I'm just I'm curious. I'm just I don't I don't understand why why this one has caused such a fuss. Because, you know, you, you, it's like you can't win. On the one hand, you get accused of being Apple fanboys and then when you point out a genuine issue that some people are going to care about. Um, obviously we've heard from the internet that a lot of people actually don't care. And everyone's saying, "Oh, well, if if you're doing that kind of work, well then you're going to have, you know, 512 gig or above or if you're doing that kind of work you're probably editing off an external drive which has got half that kind of transfer speed anyway or you know you're probably going to be looking at the 14 inch m1 pro macbook pro or above you know, all of those arguments are valid but it, it, how frustrating is that for you as, as someone who's genuinely tried to do a good thing and produced hours and hours of content that is of value and the internet has gone nah <laughs> Oh, well, let me first start off with like um, back when Apple first announced the transition to Apple Silicon, um, I'd say I, I was one of the the people or the tech YouTubers who was pushing it like crazy. You know, I was telling people these are going to be game changing in the laptop space. They're going to revolutionize the entire industry. And I made countless videos talking about that. And people are like, man, you are too positive. You're overly positive. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. And then eventually those Macs came out and they were hugely successful. You know, they did very well and a lot of people use them today. Um, And then, of course, we had the leaks of the M1X, which ended up being the M1 Pro and M1 Max chip, basically, for the higher-end MacBook Pros. And I was hyping up those like crazy. I was like overly positive saying that these will be the best laptops ever made. And of course, they came out very successful. They were built very well. The SSD was up to par with the chips, matching it. Everything was going well. And even to this day, I'm seeing people like on Twitter saying like, wow, this is the best laptop I've ever used. You know, and for years, people have called me Apple shill, Apple fanboy, Apple pays you, all this kind of stuff. And then now recently, you know, I had a a tweet where someone was like, hey, there's probably some laptop company who's paying him a big paycheck to talk bad about the N2 MacBook Pro. You know, I'm like, well, you know, where did that come from? You know, um, 
So like my point of view is that I've always been very optimistic with Apple Silicon with the M1 Ultra. I was very excited that they were combining two M1 Max chips. Um, but when this M2 MacBook Pro came out and we actually saw some issues, that's when I started being negative about it because I'm like, man, how could Apple make that decision? I mean, I know that there's supply chain issues, inflationary pressures where their profit margins are getting squeezed and all these other companies and I can tell that Apple is trying to save their profit margins as much as possible. But I think that um, it was a mistake to kind of overmarket the M2 chip so much, but at the same time, cut away one of the most fundamental pieces of the laptop, which adds to the performance. So because they chose to switch to a single man chip, it's actually negatively negatively impacting the performance like drastically in in some cases you know even just browsing the web you know exporting some photos you're waiting there for the ex photos to export you go on the web and things are just taking longer than usual to load which but, you know apple yeah, silicon max are known for that yeah go ahead you had a video playing and it was stuttering yeah See, that's, that's that okay. shouldn't happen. You know, people think of Apple Silicon Max and they're like, hey, they're like super smooth, the best web browsing. And then you have stuff like this stuttering, which is not the experience you'd expect, especially if you think the M2 is, is a huge upgrade, you know, over the M1 in terms of these different ways, you know. So I, I think it's just a little disappointing. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think just off the back of what Rob was saying, I didn't know a lot of the, because I'll be totally honest with you, I, I, I kind of watched parts of each video. I watched the bits that I, I, I thought was of value to me. I watched the entire overheating video. I watched it again, actually, before this uh, this call. And um, But I didn't, what I didn't see on Twitter and within my comment section were these details. And like Rob says, that thing with the 50, 50 photos is genuinely, that's, that's, a, a, that's a genuine use case, as is watching a video on the internet, as we know. But none of that seemed to come through. And I think, uh, personally, I don't know what you think about this, Vadim, but like creator to creator, we can be our own worst enemy, enemy is with this i've done something similar so about uh, on a much much smaller scale i need to kind of point out um in 2021 last year um i wrote an article on medium which had the title apple needs i think it was apple should cancel the uh, uh, the apple tv that was that mm. was basically it and rob's grimacing because it, it completely this it exploded um it's to this day actually it's my most popular medium article um and the comment section went absolutely mental um and if you dig into the article actually there's a reason i was saying that obviously and there's a bit more to it than that but i went down that sensationalist approach um and i did very well off the back of it in terms of views subscribers, followers, all the rest of it, attention, fantastic. Um, but I don't know what you think about this. I think it's very easy to get sucked into that way of reporting this stuff. And I, I know you and I, Vadim, have spoken about this on Twitter, and it felt very sen sensationalist, I think. Uh, a lot of hyperbole, nothing wrong with that to a degree. And I think as creators, we need to do this to get attention. But we're getting into this kind of rolling thing where you're constantly searching for trying to get these views. I do it as much as you guys do it. And a lot of the detail gets lost. And what's happened? So as soon as I um, did my kind of reaction video to this on Monday, which was a very last minute video that I made, I, I mentioned this on my newsletter this week, it was as though you get these people who are vehemently opposed to Apple in one way or another, and that they're very much waiting for Apple to slip up with something. And as mm -hmm. soon as they slip up, it's like the gates open and they come flying in. I've never seen my comments um, section for a video 
kind of blow up quite so quickly. And it really did. And they were all very much, well, either one side agreeing with me, saying, yeah, don't worry about it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's all kind of blown out of proportion. And the other side was, Apple are terrible. That the, yeah. they're, they're kind of pulling the wool over our eyes. This M2 chip's rubbish. No one should buy it. There's no middle ground or very, very little of it. What, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think we as creators, we are our own worst enemies with this? Yeah, I think um, basically like, you know, doing our testing during our videos, we spend hours, you know, testing these. Like one of them, I think four and a half hours we did ended up being a long video. I think it was like 28 minutes. I'm not sure if that was the one, but very long, tons of testing. And, um, you know, on YouTube, uh, we know that we're providing good content, deep dive with lots of information to people. And as YouTubers, especially right now where, you know, it could be kind of like a, a tech slowdown, you know, you find what, you know, what was the most interesting part of your video and you kind of show that off on the thumbnail, the title, and that way, you know, that's the most interesting part. You want to show it off. You want to make sure somebody clicks in and they see your content and they get to basically see your channel and, you know, you hope they're a long-term subscriber. Um, so that happens and it happens with so many other channels. You look at all these other tech channels and like, you know, you got these crazy thumbnails, you know, and the, the thing that sucks is the people who aren't adapting to these changes are getting kind of like left behind where they do like a basic thumbnail, basic title. And then they ask, man, I'm not getting any views. And unfortunately the whole algorithm, the whole system is changing to where, you know, you have to do something interesting um, to show that off. And like, you know, looking at our own thumbnails and titles, like none of them are a clickbait because the thing that we show off actually happens in the video. So it's not like we say something crazy and then you watch the whole video, like, wait a second, you didn't even talk about that. No, you know, the stuff we actually show in the titles and thumbnails, they are true to what we see. Like for, um, for example, the M2 MacBook Pro SSD is killing performance video. That is true. Um, where we showed that, yes, it is killing the performance of the M2 MacBook Pro, you know, with the whole single man chip thing. That is true. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. what are your thoughts? I totally agree. I, I just think I found, I mean, this is partly my fault for getting involved and, and responding to too many comments, but I found a lot of the, some some people who came on were, were, were lovely actually, and they had a, a, an opposing view to mine, but they put it across respectfully. They gave me something to think about, like you have done today, actually. And like Rob said, if, if you watch your videos, it really gives you food for thought. But what happens in this kind of microcosm of the internet and, and comment sections in videos is that it just go. It's just it's not very nice. You have these nasty exchanges with people um, where no one no one wins. No one really kind of gets their point across because you know you're you're right. The other person's wrong. Um, I don't know who's. I don't think this is anyone's fault in particular. But I just it, it frustrates me, particularly when I hear from like Rob, who's watched more of the videos than I have. That there are genuine concerns there. I still maintain personally that both, the, well, probably not the M2 MacBook Pro. That's a weird laptop. But the M2 MacBook Air is going to sell like hotcakes. And the vast majority of people, if I asked my mum, she's got no idea about SSD speeds, and she would buy that computer and love it. The base model wouldn't give to what's names about it. Um, so I still maintain that the vast majority, particularly of my audience probably, will buy the right machine for them and they won't care at all. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's that, that age old thing, isn't it? What you don't know doesn't hurt you. 
But there's just this other group of people on the internet who seem unnecessarily poorly influenced by content that you guys put out there and perhaps that I put out there as well. Um, that's what bothers me, really. I don't think there's an answer. Yeah, and I think, um, I think what might happen, which might be causing this, is a lot of people just read the headline. So like when I uh, put out a Twitter thread, they read the headline, they share it, and then they go crazy. And they just, you know, it kind of spreads because a lot of people just read the headline, they see the big words, and that's it. Whereas, you know, if you go into my Twitter threads that I posted, I have dis disclaimers like, hey, this is a pretty extreme test. For example, the thermal throttling test, like, hey, this is something pretty extreme that we wanted to test. And I can give you guys some more background on, on that situation as well. Um, so what happens is people see the headline and then they go just, you know, hate spamming comments everywhere, you know, and then it leads to a lot of drama like that, unfortunately, you know. Um, so I, I'd say um, with this whole situation, I think the SSD problem is the big problem that we have with the M2 MacBook Pro that's, you know, causing a lot of slowdowns. Uh, now the thermal throttling one, that was something we came across. Uh, we were testing the M2 MacBook Pro versus the 14-inch M1 Pro. We decided to do some video editing tests, but we wanted to keep it limited. So we did an easy test and we're like, well, instead of doing five, six, seven tests, let's just do this one hard test. And this Canon test, uh, 8K RAW, is one that we've actually done in the past a lot. So for the uh, 14 and 16-inch MacBook Pros, we did it. For the Intel Mac Pro, we did it. M1 Ultra, we did it. You know, we do this test because we know it hits the CPU and GPU hard. So we were testing it and then we discovered like, whoa, 108 degrees Celsius. Like we haven't seen that before. That's crazy. And then we were digging in and we saw like, hey, it's, it's cutting the power massively from almost 30 watts uh, average package power to seven instantly to cool it down, you know, and then we're looking at the fan speeds and it's maxed out at 7,200 RPM. And what basically became clear is that uh, this chip uses a lot more power and, you know, they stuck it into the same chassis as before, while at the same time they're marketing that, you know, this is meant for extended workloads. You have the fan where it's, you know, you have guaranteed sustained performance, uh, which is a quote from, um, I believe it was Apple's uh, Borchers. I'm not sure exactly who it was. That was on MKBHD's podcast. You know, you have all that marketing saying the whole point of the M2 MacBook Pro is that it can sustain the M2 chip's performance. And then we look at that and we're like, wait a minute, it's not sustaining it. You know, it is extreme, but it is real world. It's something that people actually do. Now, I'm not saying that people that are buying these base MacBook Pros are doing 8K RAW because, you know, if you can afford an 8K RAW camera, you're probably going to be buying a 16-inch. But it was just the findings like, whoa, you know, we haven't seen that before. And I actually tested the M1 MacBook Pro with the same exact test and the fan maxed out to 7,200 RPM, but it didn't throttle because the GPU was stuck at 100% workload the entire time. So that did not throttle. And the 14-inch uh, M1 Pro didn't throttle either. So basically it shows that the fan system is meant for the chip and it's properly optimized and balanced. Whereas the M2, it's like the most imbalanced that I've seen. Um, well, in, no, the the, no. the, yeah. in, in all the all the noise, people don't point out that actually you offered some very uh, that you caveated everything. You were like, well, okay, you know, 
there, there may be various reasons behind this. Perhaps Final Cut needs an update to take better advantage of the new uh, ProRes encode decode engine in the M2 because that's happened before with, you know, with the M1. It took a little while for it to to really you know make the best of of that. So you you caveated it by saying you know maybe maybe an update would help. And you also observed how long it took for the fans to ramp up. And you and you know you made a point. So maybe they can fix that. Maybe that there's something something not quite right with the fan curve. But yeah. you know if if you've got one of these already, get TG Pro, set your own fan curve. Brilliant. So you know you offered, you know, theories as to why it was happening, and also helpful tips on how you could mitigate it. No one's talking about that. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I think one of the reasons is because the uh, the thermal throttling issue, the thread that I posted, that's an easier one to kind of, um, uh, let's see, uh, easier one to, I don't know, mitigate was the correct word for this, you know, because, you know, you could easily say, hey, nobody's actually going to be testing this on an M2 MacBook Pro, you know, usually you go up for the 16 inch model, you know, the SSD issue, that's the more important one. And I wish more people paid attention to that. But a lot of the attention is going to the thermal throttling, you know, and to me, I just saw the findings, I posted it on Twitter, you know, I didn't expect everyone just laser beam focus on that. And, you know, I will say that, you know, I don't expect the average consumer that's buying one of these to do that test. You know, we just found the findings. We wanted to share it. And um, I think what happened, which um, on my part, I could have done better was to add in the disclosure higher up or perhaps in the first tweet, you know, on the main one. But as I was doing it, I was like, man, I have to try to fit in this information on the first tweet because there's limited amounts. So I ended up adding it later. And I think what happened was not many people got to that disclosure and they just shared the main one that people see. And then that started spreading everywhere. And then all of a sudden people are going out there saying, oh no, the MacBook Pro is overheating like crazy no matter what you do. And it's like, <laughs> no, it's not what I tried to say. It's a landslide. It was the classic, like what you've just described is you know, what they call above the fold in, in, in the press industry. Um, if you'd put that right at the top, if, you know, if, if, if that's the first thing you see when you pick up the newspaper, people will hang on to that. But it wasn't, like you say, it was buried down there. I, I missed that. Um, I think from my perspective, I, I always think of the consumer and I think of the, 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 the what I call the normal user, which sounds a bit derogatory, but it's not because I count myself as a normal user when I'm doing my normal stuff with my MacBook Air, for example. Um, I think of those guys and my worry is that they're there. If you think about my mum again, for example, if she hears this, the, the only thing she's going to hear is the new uh, MacBooks are slower and they overheat. That, that'll be it. That'll be as far as that headline goes um and she won't she's not the sort of person who would dig into it and start looking at max tech videos and comparing them with you know everyday dad's response and all that sort of stuff uh, which was great by the way um but yeah that, that just won't happen and my concern and this is where i've fallen out with a lot of the commenters on my video which is that i i've, I've always believed this that it's not right. What Apple has done is there's something not right there. I agree. But there, there's reasons for it. And because they're so tight-lipped, this is the frustrating thing about them. We don't know why they chose that one NAND chip. Who knows? They, they'll never tell us, probably, um, unless they're backed into a corner, which rarely happens. Um, but my concern is that, that none of that gets through. And the consumer, the regular consumer, the normal user 
decides not to buy something which would have been a fantastic purchase. And what I get, if I, if I kind of give that opinion to someone on my, on my comments, their response is, that's not, it doesn't matter, it's irrelevant because what they're buying something that Apple, that Apple has said is doing something that it's not doing. It's not as fast as Apple is claiming it is. That's all that matters. And my response to that personally is it, that's, that's irrelevant, I'm afraid. They've bought something, it works for them, it's the best laptop they've, they've, they've ever bought and they're happy. If they run into something where they start exporting 50 videos from Lightroom, which is a jet, they may get into that at some stage and it starts breaking down. Okay, they're going to have an issue there. But because all of that was buried, because of all the hyperbole and the sweaty palms and all the shouting and stuff, they're never going to find that out. And that's that's the worry that I have. Yeah, I think with the whole thermal throttling thing, um, obviously the M2 MacBook Air is going to have the M2 chip and it's not going to have a fan. So um, I guess we're going to have to see how that performs. Um, but for the M2 MacBook Pro, if you're just doing 100% CPU, it handles it fine. It's when you start mixing 100% CPU with heavy on the GPU, that's when the problems come out. And I think there's uh, a small amount of use cases that that happens. So that I don't think is going to be a big deal. I think the SSD thing is going to be a bigger deal. Um, it just sucks that, you know, so much focus went on that. And I think um, like one thing I've noticed that uh, on Twitter, I've been posting a lot of those issues and it seems like it's just super, super negative, you know, and I think I should have probably posted some of the more positive things like the graphics performance increase, which we've tested, but I haven't actually got to testing gaming and everything and showing those results yet because like this whole thing blew up with all this stuff and we ended up retesting stuff and retesting the 512 gig model. Um, but I think I should have posted more positives because in reality, like this M2 MacBook Pro is actually a better machine than a lot of the Windows competition. Um, I just think that uh, a lot of people will be happy with the M2 MacBook Air. I think that's the one you should be buying. And uh, it would just it would just suck, you know, if somebody's choosing the M2 MacBook Pro because they're relying on you know, the better performance, extended performance, and, um, you know, they're getting the old chassis, they're getting the old webcam. Um, touch bar. So, yeah, getting the touch bar, I guess maybe some people like it, but I think, you know, more people should be buying the M2 MacBook Air because in reality, everyday use, you're experiencing the new design, you're experiencing the better speakers, the better display, and the people who are buying the M2 MacBook Pro, you know, they're really getting the same thing. And, you know, especially if they think they're, you know, making the right choice for performance, which who knows, we'll see how the M2 MacBook Air, you know, handles the the heat, you know, we don't know yet. But I, I yeah, I think, um, I think the uh, thermal throttling issue isn't as, as big as it blew up. So uh, unfortunately, a lot of people just went out and said, hey, it overheats all the time. And that's not the message that I wanted to relay. I just wanted to relay, hey, we tested a really extreme uh, 8K raw test and we noticed severe thermal throttling, which is true. Um, but it, that's like, you know, a small, I guess, use case, more advanced use case. I appreciate you being so honest and, and kind of like you're saying, uh, kind of... Uh, admitting that that was a maybe a misstep. And I, I, same for me, really. I went for the jugular with it because I read your first two or three tweets 
and just went for it. Um, so same thing. I should have, I should have watched all the videos. I should have read all of your tweets and, and read that disclaimer. Um, I had to rely on Rob to kind of bring me up to speed, really, after I'd made my video. So I, I do think as content creators, we probably we do have to look in the mirror occasionally. Um, but yeah, we are getting towards the end. I know you've got to shoot off, but um, what should Apple do now? I mean, if they get wind of this, which I'm sure they have, um, have, have they reached out to you? Have you heard from them, Vadim? I have not heard from them, but uh, I know they're not going to change it because, you know, they can't just go ahead and, and be like, well, for the future, all the M2 MacBook Pros, we're going to pack in two NAND chips. It doesn't make sense for them to do that. They're not going to do that because everybody who bought the, you know, the first batch with single chips, now they're like, wait a second, I want two NAND chips. So they're not going to do that. Um, but I really wish that Apple chose a different area to cut costs on instead of going for the two chips instead of one. And I understand there's supply chain issues, but I wish they just would have ate that little bit of cost. I don't know how much it is and just gave us the two NAND chips that the M2 chip deserves because I do believe the M2 chip deserves two NAND chips. And it sucks because, you know, we, we say, yeah, you can go up to the 512 gig model. That's another $200. But even with that model, we noticed that it's still not as fast as the 16 gig, which the 16 gig got a lot faster in some tests as well. So then you got to move up to the 16 gigs. Now you're sitting at $1,700. And at the same time, if you pay $100 more for the Amazon sale price of the 14-inch M1 Pro MacBook Pro, you're getting just massive amounts of advantages for the design, the porch, the display, 120 hertz ProMotion, the performance, the SSD performance. So many things are upgraded on that machine. And it almost seems like Apple, I mean, it seems like Apple wanted to keep the M2 MacBook Pro restrained so that their 14 inch is still good. Because imagine if we didn't have any of these issues, SSD was great, the performance was great. A lot of people would be choosing this base M2 MacBook Pro but now, because, you know, it's it's slow in some cases, people are thinking, hey, maybe I'll just get the 14-inch. It's a better deal. So I'm not saying that Apple wanted to do that. But um, the reality is a lot of people are kind of straying away from this MacBook Pro model because if you pay some more money, especially if you already want the 512 and the 16 gigs of RAM, you're getting a, a much better machine with the 14-inch Um so I wish Apple did two NAND chips, but uh, unfortunately they didn't. So I guess we'll see what happens with the M2 MacBook Air. Or just start. You know, I'm, I'm much chip. more cynical than you. I, I think you've you've done exactly what they wanted you to. I think they've done it on purpose for exactly that reason to upsell you to the 512 and or 16 gig model, and then you just make that it's just a just a small leap to go to the 14 inch M1 Pro. So I, I it's just I think it is a product that is designed to set you off on that incremental up because while you're considering your purchase you think right, okay i've seen the max tech i've heard all this noise i'm not going to get the base one so i'm at least going to get the one with the two nand chips and oh, while i'm there i might as well go up to the 16 gigs of ram and oh it's a hundred dollars more you know if i get a, a good deal on, a, on an m1 pro 14 inch so because if you didn't point it out Someone else would have done. It would have, you know, Anthony from LTT or someone. You know, that that, that mm. people are not gonna. This is not going to go unnoticed, and they know this. They're not stupid. So I, I think it's a gateway or a signpost for consumers to either set foot on that incremental upgrade path and ultimately arrive at the 14-inch M1 Pro 
MacBook Pro, or go, do you know what? I'm going to save $100 and just go with the M2 Air. Yeah, and the, and the thing is, the thing that kind of gets me is that with the previous generation M1 MacBook Air and the M1 MacBook Pro, those were amazing machines. There was no SSD issue. We we pushed everything we could on them in terms of RAM, 25 Chrome tabs, four productivity apps, and like barely any slowdown. You know, they were just wrecking the Windows laptop competition, and um, they were genuinely good choices. You know, and now. With the M2, now you really got to think about these SSD issues where in the past they were running very well. Everybody was very happy with them. Um, so it just sucks to see, you know, some areas getting downgraded on the M2 MacBook Pro. Um, so, Guys, I think I think we've kind of cleared quite a few things up. I don't know about you, Rob, but I, I feel more informed about this now. Um, to, to, the, to the extent that I'm, I'm doing a video about how to choose the right M2 MacBook Air uh, for next week. And I'm going to change it slightly about this 256 gig uh, SSD because it is an issue. I completely agree, actually. And now we've had this chat, you, you start to formulate a few ideas about it. Um, so that's made me think a little bit about what I'm doing. But um, Vadim, it's been amazing. Thanks it's for kind of a bit of a behind the scenes thing with this. It was very, very short notice. We've literally got you on, I think, within half an hour of asking you pretty much <laughs> um, or confirming it at least. So really hey, Thanks for having me on. Uh, it was it was a it was a pleasure to be on here and open this up and talk about it, you know, in real life with real time. And I think this helps. I think, I think as, because we're, we're running different channels where, you know, different podcasts and things, it's, it's, it's nice to give a bit of a behind the scenes thing. We're getting a bit meta about it, but hopefully, and you know, I'll, there'll be a cut down version of this for the channel. Um, I'll keep the best bits in there, obviously, but hopefully this will give at both of our audiences, which are very, very different. You know, my audience is so different to Max Tech, um, but they both need the, the information they, they, they need. The problem we have is that there's this battle going on between the two of them. And I'm not suggesting we can fix this it will never be fixed probably a bit like windows versus uh, mac but um i think hopefully if they watch this and get both sides and, and see what's actually going on behind the scenes and the effort you guys go into it and the fact that there are caveats and there's a lot more to this than the the, the big headlines hopefully maybe that will kind of get get a bit more all i want personally is just decent debate about it like this uh, mm. that's all I, it's not nice having those conversations in in comments threads so mm. Let's, let's try and change the world, Vadim. It's not, not too big. Awesome. <laughs> awesome, guys. Yeah, I appreciate it, Rob. Nice to meet you as well. Thank you, Mark. So. Thank you, Vadim. It's brilliant. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Uh, for coming on. Really appreciate it. Yeah. Have a good day. Thank you.